This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. It's all loosey-goosey under there, Matt. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 312, The Inside Man, is brought to you by the Taiwan Turndown Service. We have the best hands in the business. And Pete, before we get underway and hand it off to the beginning of this episode, just wanted to mention a couple of programming notes. Though the second half of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has uh, just begun, here it is, the second episode back, uh, we are looking ahead to later in the week when there will also be the return of the Daredevil podcast by Fantastic Geek. That available on your iTunes, etc., etc. Now, if you subscribe to the Pop Culture Podcast, you'll be getting that in the feed as it is. And uh, exciting times to be returning to uh, returning to to uh, two series a week on the old uh, Fantastic Geek scope of things. Absolutely, I have seen six of the uh, new thirteen episodes so far. They do not disappoint. And speaking, Matt, of not disappointing. We have news since our last uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Marvel proper uh, podcast. The uh, next Marvel Netflix exclusive, Luke Cage, has been given a premiere date of September 30th. And with that, we have dropped our very first uh, short little preview there just to give you an idea of uh, what to expect. So make sure that uh, you get over to iTunes and subscribe to that or fantasticgeek.com and listen to that today. Absolutely. Our little teaser episode for uh, for the forthcoming Luke Cage podcast. So glad, Pete, that that too will be out when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be out. So lots of, uh, lots of doubling up ahead, but always, uh, always good fun. And uh, before we dive in, just want to say, all of this, especially the, the multi-podcasts a week, uh, made possible by uh, the people helping us out on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. But we'll talk more about that later, Pete. First, though, just so people know, what's the Daredevil schedule going to be? What's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. schedule going to be? Is it is it all connected? Is it all slowing down? What is it, Pete? There's no slowing down. There's no quit in fantastic geek we don't beg off live tweets we don't oh you know we'll get this podcast out you know five six seven days later after an episode uh daredevil drops the season two in toto on uh friday morning at uh 3 a.m our local time midnight pacific we will be watching and recording a podcast for uh, the season two premiere uh, on Friday. So expect that to show up in your feeds. And then we will revert to the same schedule we had for the Jessica Jones podcast, which will be um, Sundays and Thursdays appearing in your feed. Uh, so as to not to coincide too much with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we were uh, dealing with, uh, there was some overlap the, uh, the time that um, uh, Jessica Jones came out and then we were on Jessica Jones proper as S.H.I.E.L.D. had broken for its uh, fall hiatus. 
but obviously this will be our busiest time of the year until we're doing shield and luke cage beginning in uh very late september fun 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 so pete from uh from podcasts of the future to uh, to uh, agents of shield in the future let's finally now get into tonight's episode of agents of shield when we catch you up on what went down in this episode our teaser matt begins on mavith witnessing for the second time the death the murder of grant ward um well, and then murder that's a little little harsh although i know ward's warriors would disagree uh, let's call it what it is the man was killed <laughs> okay um and and killed by colson but uh then from his perspective uh what my notes say swirly tentacle memories and then um grant ward or what has become of grant ward labeled by uh jeff john cox given full credit here on the twitter at jj nato n-a-d-o copyright squidward we have not had the uh the name of the character spoken proper just yet on the uh the show it is out there it's been spoken by a number of members of the cast at this point it's not being treated as a spoiler we're not going to use it until it's used until it's on screen official but we're going to go with squidward here um Laments that uh, he wished he had met Grant Ward under different circumstances. Indeed, and Pete, just just so we know, this uh, this character here, Squid Ward, love it. By the way, thank you, Jeff, for that uh, that wonderful gift. Let's all start using hashtag Squid Ward. Um, but uh, Pete, this this alien invader, he's a he's a man of his own time. He's taking in the news. He's uh, like like Marty McFly Jr. He's watching six to eight channels at the same time, um, but more importantly, Pete is uh, is that we don't pick up from the end of last week's episode. We kind of don't see what happens when he sprays his mist over. But Pete, at any rate, uh, the the goons who brought in our our eyeball friend are dispensed with quickly. And uh, it appears that uh, Ward has some plans. Yeah, they are um, acquiring inhumans here. And uh, once uh, Medusa eyes uh, lays his uh, his effects there on everybody unaffected, of course, is Ward. And uh, I don't quite know what to make of that whole effect where he like sidestepped himself. But it's the dialogue, Matt. What are you? I'm growing. Indeed. No, no metaphor there, by the way. Instead, we're taken to the title card and uh, we get to see Glenn Talbot. He's seeing his wife to the gate, you know, all the way to the gate. Because, Pete, it's the year 2000. You could just walk someone up to the gate. Security? <laughs> what? Now, my, my... Well, I mean, he is a brigadier general um i'm sure he's he's got a little bit longer of a leash than you know maybe the average joe and you 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 took the words right out of my mouth snark aside i'm sure that he's got he's got the right kind of id to flash where where he goes to under the line etc but pete he and his wife carla they're they're breaking up pete this is actually a sneaky bit of story stuff because even yes. cynical i or cynical me anyhow 
I did not suspect that they were actually laying story track here. Instead, it was just, oh, they're breaking up because they're breaking up. And once Coulson shows up, it's like, oh, they're this is an opportunity for Coulson to be here. And they snuck us some, you know, some uh, Carla peas under our meatloaf. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like too, that it was couched under when you're choosing career over family, just like you all do always do, except for the fact that he was choosing family and had to make it look like career because, you know, intrigue. It's it's a neat bit of story uh, storytelling story uh, manipulation there, um, but regardless, Pete, the thrust of the scene then becomes an opportunity for Coulson and Talbot to prep for their meeting in Taiwan. Oh, and Pete, we see a mysterious man watching them. One other story nugget here, Matt, ahead of time, also details that uh, Talbot had been refusing to return Coulson's calls, which at the beginning of the story, of course, looks like standoffishness. But we find out later, obviously, he was dealing with some stuff and some things. Yeah, it's it's the right kind of clue in that it's sticky enough to stick in your mind. But because I remember at the moment kind of going but the president told him to work for Colson. What's the problem here? Then it's like, well, the president may have said that, but now the president is dealing with other things and so on and so forth. And you can imagine that it's a situation that quickly starts to run itself. Uh, but uh, again, that right kind of sticky where, where you kind of question it for a moment and then things move on. As indeed, Pete, we move on. Yes, S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ and Fitz and Hunter are working together. Hunter has Fitz in his sights. He does. He's got a bazooka. There's also reference to Fitz having a case that makes gloves. It's for the director. And Pete, I thought that this was going to be a new addition, kind of a, a mobile go-go gadget go thing where Colson can say, oh man, quick, fashion me a, fashion me a glove that, that, that can shoot mist or have x-ray vision or whatever. Not where we're headed this time, although I really am hoping for that in the future. I think there's tons of story potential with uh, multiple gadgets on Colson's arm. But this is a diplomatic conference, Matt. You know, freezy powers, speedy powers, death rays, shake and quake. They don't need to be there. It's a consular ship, Pete. <laughs> there needs to be an ambassador. They're on a diplomatic mission. That's just what this is all about. By the way, Pete, they get on the plane, which is in no way the bus. Um, no, this is Zephyr 1, man. It is in no way a redress of the same vehicle from two years ago. Um, there is, however, a nice scene there where, where Bobby and Daisy talk about inhuman acceptance. Um, an interesting pattern, interesting pace to the episode where, mm. where Daisy and in a moment Lincoln are both uh, left behind and given the B story. Um, and I guess we'll talk about that as it goes on. I didn't love that choice, but uh, we're also talking a little bit that, well, parts of it certainly work. I like that Daisy has come full circle now and Lincoln has regressed in terms of his appreciation of his own kind. So Daisy's all upset about this symposium, uh, and she refers to what happened to her, Terragenesis, as an awakening, that it made her, her who she was meant to be. 
Um, Lincoln, as we'll discuss in a little bit, has some some different ideas. Funny that a year ago, when they were at Afterlife, it was completely opposite. But any word from Lincoln, Matt? Yeah, Pete. Amazing to think how far the show has come in a year. It's almost easier to think of the the half seasons as complete seasons or kind of story arcs, whatever it might be. But uh, anyhow, we do head back to the airport where Lincoln is trailing Colson and Talbot, and he he catches up on on the baddie that's been watching. And Pete, it's Creel who turns to rubber, then to glue, uh, metal rather. Um, <laughs> And it's a really, really fun fight scene. Um, it appears to be all digital Creel in this and future fight scenes, uh, a little bit less with uh, with uh, dunking the actor and you know, a whole bunch of makeup. Um, but uh, the big twist, Pete, at the end of the fun fight is what? Well, before the fight, though, there was some loaded dialogue. Coulson and Talbot continued to talk here. Uh, obviously, Coulson had monitored what was going on with Carla, hoped that it would all work out you know, for their son, George, what is he 11 now? And just like that little piece before, um, you know, wanting to fix this with Carla, we're laid additional story seed for later on. And it's another kind of sneaky addition there. I believe it was uh, Mary Kirk on Twitter who at a certain point said that the boy in the box, what, do you think it's Creel's son? And I said, yeah. oh, yes, that's perfect. And they come back from commercial and it's like, oh, man, it's Talbot's son. And as soon as they said that, it's like, of course it's Talbot's son. They set this up in plain right. sight, then hit it again. It's 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 a really, really well-crafted episode in terms of its surprises. It was. Uh, the one issue I had when we see the boy later on in the, um, the gel matrix, uh, either the effect that they're using or the way the camera was, uh, you know, on the person inside or maybe even the, the dummy, they're not using an actual person. Um, it didn't look like a child that would in any way be related to either of them. Um, I thought it was going to be a separate inhuman. I mean, obviously it makes a lot of sense to make it Talbot's child and, you know, they're upon uh, bury the twist, but uh, you know, slight points off there for making it uh, hard to recognize. It might be a case uh, that they had the dummy before they had the actor. I'm um, thinking it might've been, you know, are we going to get, Adrian Pazdar back. Okay, quick, throw a throw a black wig on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, we uh, have Creel in the shield box, um, that you know containment unit, the the inhuman containment unit. Uh, Simmons asks how he got his powers, and Pete, we get another scintillating, uh, scintillating short answer an experiment which made me think of luke cage who had like the same answer luke cage who met jessica jones well met jessica jones who came after daredevil who you know it's just all all the connectedness has me wondering you know creel of course referenced in daredevil just complete the thought there so i'm wondering if maybe they're laying some story track for way down the line that creel and cage or others might have a similar uh, non-inhuman genesis to their powers. 
I was thinking about this the other day, particularly vis-a-vis Jessica Jones. And, you know, obviously Inhuman was never uttered in the course of that first season and and in no other show other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point. But the one of them and the, the heavy emphasis towards powered people and everything like that it, from a from a blanket sense has been thrown all around this cinematic universe. So you you can have it both ways. It helps when obviously we're dealing with an inhuman heavy plot to do this, but Creel is uh, explained to not be inhuman, uh, that his human DNA is is more dominant, that this experiment, you know, uh, Simmons asked something go wrong and he said, no, something went right. It just begs for more. And I hope that they, they pick it up, you know, especially with all the, the um, kind of story room for, for the Netflix shows to be able to pick that up. But the story picks up in Colson's office, Tal- Talbot explaining that uh, Carl Creel, I don't leave home without him. Uh, that that Creel has been rehabilitated as his own uh, his own personal bodyguard. This, despite the fact that Creel killed Izzy in Idaho. I mean, that feels like a donkey's age ago, Pete. That's it close does. To ago. I I even had to. I mean, Izzy Isabel Hartley. We go right uh, back to that. You know, the the shocking uh, season two opener when uh, Xena Warrior Princess was was killed off. Pete, you, of course, refer to Lucille Francis Ryan Lawless, member of the New Zealand Order of Merit, a.k.a. Lucy Lawless. Yes. Prior to Hunter bringing up the the death of his, the shocking death of his friends in that season two opener, Matt, one other important piece, Fitzsimmons have a discussion about reopening their study on Inhumans. Uh, as they're observing Creel. And uh, speaking of Creel, uh, the benefits of bringing Creel to, uh, to Taiwan are highlighted by the fact that the symposium has two rules, no inhumans and no weapons, uh, hence the idea of Creel being useful. He's not inhuman because he's not alien. That's made super clear. And he is the weapon, Pete. You see, see how he, he is the weapon. See that the, twist there? The absorbing man, of course, being able to do this. And Matt, uh, um, you know, and I, I pointed out on Twitter, uh, Brian Patrick Wade, the actor who plays Creel on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this is the first real crossover character in this Marvel Cinematic Universe to the Netflix show in, in Daredevil. Uh, he having fought... Uh, Matt Murdock's father in that, you know, very important fight in uh, that character's history prior to becoming the absorbing man with his powers. All the more reason that his passing reference to an experiment is something that's pregnant with possibility, whether they pick it up or not, uh, just as that Murdock versus Creel poster was intentionally a, a, a nod back to, uh, to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the mothership. 
Anyhow, Pete, the story moves on, moves to Malik's concrete box, uh, itself not a redress of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, concrete prison. Uh, Malik suggests that perhaps, ha- I mean, Ward wants a new body. Um, and Pete, really ominous line there to the effect of uh, Ward speaking of the Ward body. Uh, Ward will suffice until the time comes. I think it is time to start to ask, will Dalton, will Brett Dalton be out of this show at the end of the season? Not something I want, but I think something that the writing might be leaning towards at this point. They've already killed off the character. What more can you do than if not kill off this this creature by season's end? Well, when they had uh, Dalton transition to this other entity, I think the clock started. But, Matt, I think by the end of this episode, it's been paused, at least. Uh, absolutely. And and we'll certainly talk to that. In- and that's only a good thing where the outstanding Brett Dalton, who has done everything they have asked him to do on this show, which has not been easy, we might add, um, is concerned but pete of course it's not just all about uh it's not just all about hive wanting a new body some rules whoa whoa are... whoa squidward squidward, squidward I don't know, sorry. But, but you were just saying there oh, something sorry. about a beehive or something i don't know you need a miss Ca- captain and... b man uh squidward also kind of sets up some rules for uh for his own uh well i guess nutritional needs well, that he knew that Malik wasn't offering himself, which was an interesting statement. But more interesting, Matt, is that he says he can't inhabit an inhuman. He can't feed on his own kind. I wonder, Pete, if that's a, a hint that there will be more of them at some point. Some sort of, some sort of Howard the Duck-esque uh, thing where they're coming towards the portal and, and whatnot, but... Well, also speaking in the plural pronoun, you know, uh, we, which is, uh, yeah, certainly, again, if you know the the name that's floating out there, makes all the more sense. On Zephyr 1, Hunter is still brooding over Creel's presence. Pete, I wonder if maybe Hunter will ever get so angry that he he just leaves the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe he brings a, a special huggy, kissy time friend with him on separate adventures, but that's ponderation for another day. Are you saying that it is most wanted by the end of the next episode that he and Bobby, you know, go off and maybe work for Delroy Lindo? All I know is this, even I, in my great spoiler-free... Uh, <sighs> nature scoff even i know a couple of things a there's an episode coming up that's uh that's hunter and bobby centric uh next episode (laughs) well i I, see i didn't know that uh but b they need to physically leave the show in order to shoot the pilot for marvel's most wanted at some point between you know well (laughs) this episode and i assume they're going to come back for the the end of agents of shield just in case to kind of be to be not a backdoor pilot but a backdoor uh i don't know backdoor uh parachute back to shield um so yeah i'm not surprised to hear that that's coming but pete this scene uh is benefited from the addition of may who is by and large being kept on the sideline recently boo Um, to that boo to that indeed hashtag more may um 
And she says that Hunter's uh, anger is clouding his vision to the point that Creel may be the better teammate alternative than Hunter at this point. And given the history between Hunter and May, particularly this season, having gone after Ward and, and failed uh, with everything there, I think it's an even more loaded exchange. And um, May calls it out, you know, ever professional pointing out that, you know, Hunter is there for Bobby and that's it. And uh, says that we're not friends. It's 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 really an incredibly effective scene in an episode that by and large is about, you know, action, action, action and about kind of this shell game of who's the baddie, why is the baddie, what side is Creel on and whatnot. It's it's a nice character moment, um, which then leads itself to Coulson briefing everyone, which then itself kind of gets intercut with Coulson and Talbot arriving. Then we are cutting back to Coulson briefing. So Pete, it's just it's just all meta. It's all in the moment. It's, it's at m- multiple time points. And Pete, we also have uh, things swinging underneath traditional uh, garbs. Yes, in Taipei City, Taiwan, Talbot is, of course, as a delicate maid to wear the ceremonial gown, uh, the military man, not quite uh, really comfortable in what he calls a dress, but he's got to appear dignified. Uh, Coulson is there undercover as Dr. Sean Ludlow of the CDC. And uh, they begin to size up who might be the inside man or woman at this symposium. And uh, the notion of Coulson's robotic hand uh, being the one to shake hands with people, it being his left yep. hand, so his right arm is in a sling. Um, and that that uh, heading back to Zephyr 1, where they're doing a palm print paper for our heroes there, that's a ton of fun. Um, it's a lot of uh, fun tech there. Uh, there's also the notion that every single one of the suspects that Talbot meets, he suspects, um, and it's it's an amusing moment. Back at Malik's headquarters, uh, it seems that Malik is going somewhere, although that's kind of quickly uh, brushed under the rug in a nice bit of story uh, monkeying around there. But uh, Mr. Guerra uh, then uh, speaks with, uh, with Squidward, the latter of which Pete orders up five live humans, definitely human, not inhuman. He wants them in good shape, no dings, no, no, uh, you know, he wants to be able to kick the tires there. And there's mystery abounding as we head to the act break. Act three, Matt begins with uh, Lincoln practicing. Daisy interrupts him. He says he's not going to fight her. It's not fighting, though, it's training. And it's exposition because we hear that there's some uh, assessment of a cocoon being made. We're not going to work out here with powers. Uh, he is noted as having getting uh, as getting better. It's interesting that Daisy has since surpassed him in terms of uh, her inhuman powers. But uh, he points out, how do you think I've been spending uh, my free time? Uh, what free time that is. But um, suddenly Simmons comes in and interrupts them. They need somebody who understands inhuman biology. It would be easy to 
uh, criticized this scene for its barest parts, which is these two people together doing exposition, which is all there and all true. And I think it does take away from the thrust of the the Taiwan uh, portion of the episode. That said, the two of them do have a good sparring fight, sexy time type thing. And this is a case of two really attractive people who have wonderful chemistry together and all of that is on display. So it's a scene that works in spades. Uh, and thank goodness Simmons comes in uh, when she did, Pete. Otherwise, they'd have to move this show to Netflix. Yeah, or to later in the episode. Uh, back in Taiwan, Talbot officially welcomes everyone to the symposium um, and talks here, despite their unpronounceable names, <laughs> about the uh, his words about the new breed of alien that they're dealing with, and they need to come to a consensus. Coulson, as Ludlow, identifies them as inhumans and uh, talks about having uh, sympathy towards them. Um, but one woman mentions the, the name inhuman. Is that meant to intimidate or mock us? What's going on there? And I like how it was intercut with each of the delegates speaking, you know, so suddenly May is in Mr. Yakamura's room uh, and and she's looking for details there. Uh, Then you have another one speak uh, who says they're not our enemies. We're going to set up a sanctuary state. And suddenly Bobby is in Mr. Petrov's room where she is laying money that he is the inside man. Uh, yet another one brings up that these are, are these people are not weapons, uh, that they don't know enough yet. And the Australian woman, who to my knowledge was never named, she is labeled paranoid. <laughs> uh, it's a well put together scene. Uh, Talbot, as you mentioned, is kind of the the stereotype of the uh, the ugly American. So glad that none of that is in the real world. Sigh. Um, but, uh, the, 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 the episode was jam packed enough as it was the scene, the, the intercutting, but then Pete, it appears that Creel is on the run, um, which momentarily kind of shows hand of the writer because that means Hunter is going after Creel. Uh, and we head back to shield HQ for a moment, but I just want to point out that when we return from shield HQ with Hunter gone after Creel, they then need someone in the room. Hunter was supposed to be. So it's all this shell game continuing um, again, a bit hand of the writer, but also just wonderful momentum to the, the internal workings of this episode. Back at shield HQ Simmons is explaining that uh, when they have the tissue sample, you add the Terrigen, it undergoes Terrigenesis, but when they add Creel's blood, it stops the Terrigenesis almost like it's protecting it. So they cannot reverse Terrigenesis, but there might be a way to develop some sort of vaccine to protect uh, people from developing it whisked back to Taiwan. Uh, There is an African delegate who supports Petrov's sanctuary state idea that's beginning to gain traction. Um, The Australian woman seconds it. And uh, the discussion is that suddenly somebody's going to have a lot of inhumans in their backyard. May, meanwhile, is encrypting a message Bobby relays that Hunter has gone off mission, Matt. 
Indeed, by the way, how does May uh, uh, decrypt that message? She presses the button labeled decrypt. It's what you do. Uh, Hunter gone. Um, so that means Bobby has to go into that room. And, uh, and again, kind of there's this, I don't know, it's, it's an appearance of chaos, which is really nicely managed by, by the story. Um, Hunter discovers that there's a, that there's a hymn, which was referenced in the text that, uh, that may decoded, uh, and that the hymn is in a box truck. Um, however, Creel quickly shows up to, uh, knock out Hunter because Hunter doesn't know to, to watch his six, as they say in the biz, Pete, that means watch behind you. Yes. The vote for the sanctuary state having passed, it's been approved, but whoa, 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 says Talbot. He's going to postpone this. We have a traitor in our midst. Oh, man, Pete, I bet it's the Australian woman. Or maybe it's even uh, Gideon Malik who comes in, but no, Matt. It's Coulson. He is the traitor. He's a liar and a fool. This is not Dr. Sean Ludlow. This is Phil Coulson, director of Hydra. Aww. And Pete, that's because Talbot is the inside man. They said the thing that's the name of the episode. Kumbaya. Well, Matt, let me tell you now about NJ Toys and Collectibles, which has been family owned and operated with a passion for toys and collectibles for over 20 years. They carry a wide variety of items from Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman, as well as many other comic heroes. They proudly ship internationally. And if you buy now and use our exclusive coupon code podcast that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t you can save 10 percent on your first order nj toys and collectibles is your source for exceptional vintage and modern toys visit www.njtoysandcollectibles.com that's nj toys and collectibles today Pete, we return from the act break with Hunter awakening. He and May kick some butt and uh, establish that it's Talbot's son in the box, making it super clear. Sorry, Mary Kirk. I was with you that it was Creel's son until all of a sudden ah, the show the show did what the show does. Uh, there is at this point the, 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 the fellowship splits, Pete. Hunter and Bobby stay together. They all have weaponed up, though. May rides off uh, on a motorcycle because she's going to do all her action, or at least some of her action uh, in this episode, entirely off screen. We move back to S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, where the real philosophical discussion of this episode and the B story takes place. Lincoln is talking about how a vaccine might not be a bad thing. And then Daisy uh sounds like the conscience and previewing things to come she says you sound like that hate group those watchdogs you name you know the name of that episode in a couple episodes um and uh she calls what's happened to her and other inhumans a birthright not a disease but he points out that technically it is a disease um that he's studied this and she retorts with, oh, boy, somebody went to med school. Matt, are there troubles in paradise or maybe an altercation in afterlife? Pete, 
I recently read a book called Hero with a Thousand Faces, and it said that all stories need conflict. So I think that that's what's going on here. The story moves back to Taiwan and Pete powers Booth. That's all you need to say mm-hmm. about this scene. I be- I have battled the Hydra threat in Fantastic Geek headquarters. I have tried to find... Unsuccessfully, I might add, because I'm I still have, here. But anyway. <laughs> I have tried to find who the mysterious Hydra person is on Team Fantastic Geek. But even I was was swayed by Powers, Booth performance, uh, Powers Booth's performance here. Malik commanding the room. He's telling a tale about Phil Coulson, director of Hydra, someone who is out to silence inhumans, someone whose presence here is to bamboozle the group that is trying to find peace and and tranquility and and common ground. And this is why they hired Powers Booth, because he is amazing. The gravitas that he brings here, introducing himself to some that know him as a former member of the World Security Council, some that don't yet know him, but all to know him to expose Phil Coulson as this horrible person who wants to take these people that they have just now decided to protect in a sanctuary state and either use them or abuse them. Pete, back we go to Squidward, and uh, we see that the the five innocents have been uh, collected. They're being kept in place by Lucio. Uh, that's the uh, the gentleman with the eyes, and um, who notes in in Spanish, Matt, in Espanol, they are innocent. It's um, I want to be critical and say what you do is you take a bad guy to call somebody worse and it makes the worseness so obvious but i got no beef with lucio if he's gonna call you know call them innocents and and uh kind of regret the blood on his hands that well but something's clearly happened to him um ward having uh you know blown the mist at him early in the episode he he's he's compromised in some way regardless pete as guerra and lucio leave uh hive what i will say oh sorry sorry i mean uh squidward uh what i'll say is kind of sheds his skin and uh you know it's that particle effect that they're doing and these five innocents start to scream entirely off camera pete and and Gera is really somebody who seems to be cracking under what's going on with Squidward, at least closest to the camera. The story returns to Taiwan, where Colson is handcuffed uh, and has his robot hand removed. Uh, Malik shows up and confirms that uh, that uh, the whole the whole gig has been over Talbot's son the Talbot actually is a good guy there is good in him Pete it's that Malik has been manipulating him and darn it Pete Malik is also sacrificing the deal to return Talbot's son uh instead uh Talbot and Coulson are handcuffed together and they're going to be killed Malik leaves because that's what a bad guy does is make sure other people follow his orders when he's not looking and points out that he is building an army of Inhumans. Dun, dun, dun. We get an act break, and afterwards, wonderful humor here. Talbot asks uh, that the guards shoot Coulson first, and 
it is initially unclear why there is all of a sudden this rapport between Talbot and Coulson. But as soon as Creel comes in, it's now clear that Talbot is just trying to delay because he, you know, he, he don't leave home without Creel. Yes. And he had an inside man. Creel saves them. He's been tracking uh, Talbot's son um, and, uh, you know, leading here to the firefight with our uh, other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Um, uh, Hunter covering Bobby. Bobby's throwing batons. They're checking the conference room. There's no sign. Hunter finds no sign of the delegates or Malik. Suddenly a laser sight on his hands, but there's Creel to take him out. But that doesn't make us even. It might not be, but they're all kind of like one big semi-happy family now. With that, they all convene. So we have Coulson. We have Talbot. We have Creel. We have Bobby. We have Hunter. They're all going to fight and, 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 and maybe even die to go find Talbot's son. And they step outside the building and May arrives with the box truck. The son is saved. Everybody gets in the truck. It was a little convenient, but given the way we segue at the end of the episode, okay, objective, get back, uh, you know, uh, general under duress's kid. I, I'll, I'll, I'll play along. Meanwhile, back at S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, I guess we're still kind of caring about the B-plot. Uh, for Daisy and Lincoln, life is tough. Life is smoldering, Pete, as they get even closer, and then suddenly Daisy's shirt falls up over her head. <laughs> um, the apology makes sense. I I found more interesting what was going on here beyond the the shipping, like I know you like to do, Matt. I know you're a you're a big uh, Hunter May shipper. Hey, as it's known, uh, you you have that all over the the, the Twitter. Um, I'm always happy to see some delink. <laughs> what? The link. It's Daisy and Lincoln, or maybe Delinky. It, it's Pete. This is what the cool kids do. I, all, all I know is this. I just want to point out, by the way, that I think that they had a slightly nervous camera operator because as soon as that shirt comes off, I mean, look, we we understand how they make TV shows. She's, you know, she's wearing a you know a strapless. Uh, bikini top or whatever that cameraman takes half a step forward just to make sure you don't see you don't see what you're not supposed to see whether it's real or uh or you know covered or whatever it might be but uh somebody was all camera camera shy gun shy whatever you want to call it bosom I mean, shy pete it, inhumanity does affect uh, the anatomy though matt we're assuming that uh it, it's still human stuff under there you know, there, there, there could be other, other things we don't know. And, Pete, are and you're assuming that a cameraman has to make that decision. Like this is real, isn't it? Are you postulating Pete that perhaps, uh, much like the Christopher Lee villain in the James Bond movie of the same name, or well, it's not the same name in the movie, the man with the golden gun that she might have like the man with the golden gun, a superfluous papilla. <laughs> perhaps uh lincoln points out here that he's envious of uh daisy that she has this natural zen thing about her powers um, maybe she got it from her mother or even from him 
uh, but it was always easiest for him at Afterlife. And this really highlights the shift that they've had in their relationship. He was the Zen master. He was the teacher, now the student, and vice versa. Um, but he says he doesn't know if he can uh, be helped, that there's this war inside him. And we saw a little bit of that earlier when he had to be called off from electrocuting Creel, who uh, thankfully had grounded himself by turning into a tire. It's all this Creel stuff is fun. All this Creel stuff is fun. Um, the, Matt, Lincoln doesn't want to lose control, but Daisy points out sometimes it's good to lose control. Wow! Pete, we then move seamlessly to the shield plane thrusting forward, speeding into the, the, the darkness. Inside it, uh, Sun Talbot is okay. Papa Talbot is a good guy, too. Colson reminds Glenn Talbot that they're partners. They shake hands, Pete, the way the way real men shake hands, which is you kind of you, you have your arm go around, like not go straight forward. The other hand kind of circle around with the elbow out and your hand parallel to the ground to show that your hand is at its biggest. So you can say, I have a big hand that does not have a knife in it. We will now shake hands to prove that we are brothers, um, and and that's that's how that's how Talbot shakes hands because he's a man, Pete. When you when you do it in front of a camera and like the eighties uh, B movie classic Megaforce starring uh, Brolin's dad. <laughs> uh, I also see in my notes, Pete, that Coulson talks with May. Tell us more about that. Yes, the discussion here, uh, Coulson references his meeting with Malik, and he can't shake the feeling that uh, though he's supposed to be the last head of Hydra, cut them all off, you eventually get down to the last one, huh, so you think, um, that he's somehow supporting someone or something. What thing, Matt? Well, we move back to Squidward. Really, really nice scene there. They brought in Uncle Owen. They brought in Aunt Beru. Um, there's the other of the the other three of the five people, all skeletons. Sand, sand people, Matt. Sand people. Um, they're arranged in a circle to conceal their numbers. And um, out of it, Terminator style, Terminator post uh, time thing, there is uh, <laughs> there's Brett Dalton covered in KY jelly. Um, who stands up and luckily they cut when they did because I thought it was going to be like in Deadpool where you see the you know, um, but you can't because it's broadcast TV. Uh, sorry, ladies and uh, and and anybody who would who would really be eager to see that. Not me personally, but you live and love how you want to live and love. All I know is this: Brett Dalton. I fell, Pete, for the, the 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 makeup, which was making him look a little puny. Now he's like super powered and um and covered in a whole bunch of jelly, which I, is supposed to be like skin jelly, but it's probably just like jelly from CVS. But healthier looking now. So obviously having sucked up their life force or whatever we're going to say took place in there, uh, they have seemingly replenished him so that... Uh, Good old Brett Dalton doesn't need to go through five hours of makeup for, you know, five lines of dialogue. 
And now that he's all muscular again, they'll probably put him in a shirt. Uh, by the way, Pete, the secret process that he did was gleaned from the Jim Henson Frank Oz joint entitled The Dark Crystal. He he pulled out the essence of them using the crystal. So there you go. Some behind the scenes stuff there. It's all connected down to that that other that other world as we head to the act break. Pete, there's a tag scene. Tell us about that. That starts up in the air. Malik is riding a jet, sipping champagne with Petrov, he of the Sanctuary State Solution. Uh, thanks, Malik, for uh, what he's done here and for the ride. Uh, there are obstacles that stand in their way, but he's positive they're going to uh, be able to establish this Sanctuary State. Meanwhile, Matt, below in the hold, Hunter and Bobby communicate with Coulson. They are in the belly of the beast. He tells them not quite sure where they're headed. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Matt. We will begin with the baddest of them all. Squidward. I was so glad to see them. Um, advance the character i feel so bad for brett dalton who i'm sure is happy to you know be having the steady work and so on and so forth but he was the square-jawed ostensible center of the show i mean yes there was colson the colson mystery but he was kind of gonna be the the go-to mission guy in season one and he's spent an increasing amount of time on the fringe um i was glad to see them kind of give him the power up so it's not another episode of him trapped in the concrete box watching you know cnn fox news msnbc and c-span all together so he can learn about the humans yeah um to get the further development here the the plurality of this character referring to himself as as a we as uh clearly many in one form and um, the sacrifice that's made here and, and not sitting well with all members of, of Hydra, the, the inhuman Mr. Gara, who's, who's done bad things, but clearly has a code. And, and this is a bridge too far for him. Um, an interesting aspect to set it up uh, that we find out that Squidward is an inhuman can't feed on in other human inhumans, but can clearly manipulate them as he's now doing with, with uh, Medusa eyes there, Lucio, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, is an interesting aspect as well. So if we're going to build a sanctuary state for them and Malik is going to co-op that, then clearly it's something that uh, Squidward will have access to and take over so he will really be a legion unto himself i suppose there is the possibility of i don't know malik having some sort of turn of heart as the season goes on um i i kind of would root for that i i i like the malik character um how about this i root more for the malik character than i have the uh previous men over age 50 who are brought in to be the <laughs> uber bad guy um so i i guess time will tell it's not i, I i'm i offer that up not as a theory but but rather as a thought 
with Malik, Matt, our, our next on the dossier here, what's the game? He didn't want to sacrifice himself to Ward, and, and Ward really didn't seem interested in, in taking him on. The body that he has from Grant Ward being damaged, as we saw in the very beginning of the episode, repaired maybe even better at the end of the episode. What's Malik's game, though? I I think that we have seen uh, occasionally but consistently in Malik uh, dedication to the cause, but but like uh, the leaders of Fanatics, he's so dedicated uh, that he'll have other people do the dirtiest of dirty work, but then kind of you know still still keep the lion's share uh, of the good stuff for himself. Um, so I think I I think that there's the possibility there for that to continue with Malik in terms of I don't know him sacrificing other people that him perhaps growing tired of this this uh, this lengthy uh, endeavor that Hydra has had to bring uh, someone from from Maveth to Earth maybe he'll kind of grow tired of that when it's his butt on the line. How about Creel, Matt? We had seen him in the beginning of the second season to return. Uh, to one of our Inhumans, always a, a welcome situation and, and somebody who, you know, has crossed over, at least as a character, not the actor, of course, into two of these uh, Marvel shows, the other being Daredevil. Somehow, I really root for Creel. I think the way he was presented uh, in the previous season as somebody who is... Um, I, you know, he's interested in, in those different textures and in in exploring his power in a solitary way. Uh, there's something kind of sad about that. There's something lonely about that. And uh, I'm glad to see him fighting for the good guys now. I think it's it, that, that's a character that we can all get behind. Talbot, at one point at least in this episode, uh, turns from seeming uh, ally to adversary. Though he's gotten his kid back, Matt, there was that turn out in Coulson. And I, I think as viewers, we weren't quite sure, was this part of the ploy to, to out the other traitor by outing Coulson as the traitor, as the inside man? Do we completely trust Gener uh, Brigadier General Glenn Talbot at this point? I think within the story, no, but outside the story, yes. I think that they now have officially done enough Talbot switcheroos, whether it's uh, because the military doesn't understand S.H.I.E.L.D. or so on and so forth. We even had the episode where uh, it was Talbot. It appeared to be Talbot, but rather it was um, uh, someone else. Uh, was it? Agent Thirty Three, but so, you yes. know, it, 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 yes. it was fake Talbot. I think that they've now moved through enough different tricks where the actor is, is isn't playing things truthfully or, or whatever it might be. I think that they've now used all those tricks, and now if you're going to continue to have Talbot, it's going to be as the number two guy where there's some tension and some friendship. But I think they're out of tricks. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, the big mystery at this point with the revelation that he is an inhuman, what is Squidward? 
I think that he is set on nothing less than global domination. There's this uh, this very clear path at this point towards uh, this uh, sanctuary state in Russia, or what I might call the SSR, uh, in which Inhumans can can go live, and which in which Squidward can convert them to the cause. And uh, given that that path is so obvious, I I would say that there's got to be twists and turns ahead because. This is what three twelve. We're going presumably to episode three twenty two. So we have ten more episodes over what I would assume would be nine weeks. Nine weeks. It it seems the finale is going to set up again to be a two hour finale, which I I say yeehaw to that. Um, we don't have nine episodes of stuff to get from here to there. Uh, at least I don't think so. So I guess <laughs> you know look ahead for twists and turns. It's interesting that they admitted he's an inhuman here. I I think that sets up some potential issues. He was on Mavith. Why the exile there? Why, you know, the difference from other inhumans that Hydra all along has been essentially worshipping and trying to bring back an inhuman? I don't know if that devalues their position in terms of, you know, always trying to, you know, it's, it's like the, the pseudo Nazi ideal that they were looking for purity. And here they're, they've got one of the quote unquote contaminated uh, that they worship. It's an interesting aspect. I don't know if it necessarily all coalesces together. Time certainly will tell. How about uh, Bobby and Hunter here revealed at the end of the episode and the uh, in the hold of the Learjet headed who knows where Matt, what's their mission? And are you sure they most wanted to go on it? Well, I am a little unclear how it is that they got into such a small jet um, and all of that. Uh However, I'll grant you the story flourish of, and they secret agent, secret agent, and now they're there. Um, I guess as teased before, as mentioned before, the, the time is fast approaching for them to get the the uh, loving kiss on the forehead and push off to at least make the time to shoot the pilot. Um, prognosticators such as uh, myself, and I think you're you're of the same mindset, Pete, would would suggest that though shield ratings are down agent carter ratings were down even more mm -hmm. therefore if they're looking to do most wanted and they're not uh working on it at a pace for it to be a summer show it probably would be the bridge show with the thinking that something that is more close to shield will keep the shield audience for 8 10 12 weeks whatever it might be when you include uh time off entirely for the holidays um, but keep that audience around and keep them sated and keep them watching commercials while S.H.I.E.L.D. is is in a full 22-episode season of production. So that seems to be what's happening here, which is step one, remove them from the story, and they appear, you know, they're now kind of on their own for next week. You're telling me that that might <laughs> lead to more of uh, being on their own, so it kind of seems to all be pointing in that direction. Detected transmissions. Open the mailbag, Matt. Let's check the wire. 
Pete, we have uh, a series of three tweets here and uh, all on a very important topic. I had said on Twitter, so that's what Brett Dalton looks like covered in KY Jelly. And uh, the first response uh, was from Linda Chambers. That's Indigo Sky 35. She said, whatever it was, it looked nasty. And then kind of it's like a frowny emoji. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, Angela Taylor, who's Angie P. Taylor on Twitter, said it looked more like honey, which I would personally disagree with that. But I, I think that um, to some people in our audience, that certainly might be the case if you if you uh, find Brett Dalton to be particularly uh, scrumptious looking. Uh, last was from uh, our pal Hydra Lives, that's Hydra underscore Lives, who wondered if it was chocolate flavored. Um, while there was a bit of darkness to the gelatinous material, Pete, I, I, I doubt it was chocolate flavored. Usually in the TV and, and movie biz, uh, something that looks that disgusting is even more disgusting than you could possibly imagine. And, and yeah, he was probably cleaning that out of places for, uh, for several days afterwards. I'm betting some kind of uh, corn syrup type of thing. That's usually what they tend to go with for blood. It looked a little bit more viscous and uh, there and was a slimy. nice like there was a nice uh, uh, coagulated clot, if you will. Yeah. That, that one, like first it was kind of flowing, then it kind of went. Uh, it kind of started to to plop on him, and it, whatever it was, it was the right consistency to be both regenerative and make the skin glow and yeah. both i'll add a third thing also kind of gross and and stuff if you're gonna sell that scene that effect is vital and and they really nailed it absolutely well pete speaking of nailing it pete we have some loyal listeners who've nailed the podcast to their hearts by helping us out on patreon patreon.com slash fantastic geek uh, lending a couple of bucks, not even lending, throwing a couple of bucks our way to help cover the costs that make this and the other Fantastic Geek podcasts possible. And uh, we just want to take an opportunity to say thank you to our uh, to our patrons. We are so very grateful for uh, everybody who listens, but uh, certainly for these people who go into their pockets and support the podcast here. So thanks again. Can't thank you enough. If, dear listeners, you wouldn't mind checking out patreon.com slash fantasticgeek, see if uh, see if there's uh, a little uh, reward there that would suit you to help us out as uh, as uh, it does cost, uh, does cost some bucks to make the podcast happen. Old man internet has to take his bite along the way. But, uh, but uh, I guess that's all I have to say about that, Pete. Anything else you want to say? Well, there's a ton of uh, new perks that we have uh, uploaded there. There is something for just about any budget you could ever imagine, whether you're given a dollar, whether you're given a hundred of them, whatever it is, head on over there to patreon.com forward slash fantastic geek and uh, at least check it out today. Absolutely. Pete, speaking of checking it out, lots of people check you out on the Twitter. How can new people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-7200. Followers. Can't be wrong. 
While I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole hive of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. You can find us under that name on the Gmail, the dot com, the Twitter. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the PH. You click that little thumbs up, which the cool kids say is a like and uh you'll suddenly be plugged in to everything we do it'll be like we share a hive mind well that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word hey michelin man let's finish this 